the quest for gold. We're just three months until the Winter Games in Beijing, less than 100 days out from the opening ceremonies. The International Olympic Committee has published its first playbook ahead of the 2022 Games, outlining health and safety protocols leading up to and during the Olympics and Paralympics in China. Many of the policies are carbon copies of the playbooks drawn up for the Tokyo Games just a few months ago. The IOC says it will be setting up a closed-loop system, allowing only people who fully comply with the safety guidelines to be allowed into Olympic venues and spaces. It will be mandatory to be vaccinated against COVID-19 at least two weeks prior to departure for China. Anyone not fully vaccinated will need to quarantine 21 days upon arriving in Beijing. There may be some exceptions. Upon arrival in China, anyone that's part of the closed loop will need to be tested daily and will need to upload an app tracking health and movements during the games. It appears Chinese fans will be allowed as spectators with restrictions. Keep in mind, this is only the first of several additions to the playbooks. Ahead of the games, there will be revisions. Beijing 2022 also revealing its medals for the games. They look very similar to the medals issued at the Summer Games in 2008. Beijing is the first city to host both the Summer and Winter Olympics. Thursday, Ralph Lauren revealed its closing ceremony and parade winter gear for Team USA, the main coat featuring a navy and red flannel pattern. The pants are white with a red stripe down the legs. 21-year-old American figure skater Vincent Joe won his first ISU Grand Prix event at Skate America in Las Vegas last weekend, scoring higher than fellow American Nathan Chen, putting him in contention for an Olympic bid, perhaps even medal contention. Meanwhile, Madison Hubble and Zachary Donahue nipped training partners Madison Chalk and Evan Bates to win their fourth consecutive title in ice dance. Staying on the ice, U.S. women's hockey fell to Canada 3-2 in an exhibition game as part of the My Why Tour. Canada has won its last four games against the U.S. dating back to the World Championships back in August. On the men's side, Chicago Blackhawks general manager Stan Bowman stepped down from his role this week following an independent investigation into the team's handling of a sexual abuse allegation involving a player back in 2010. Bowman was also serving as general manager for Team USA men's hockey heading into the 2022 Olympics. In a statement released by Team USA, Bowman said, quote, in light of what's happened today, I think it's in the best interest of USA hockey for me to step aside. I'm grateful to have been selected and wish our team the very best in Beijing, end quote. Pat Kelleher, executive director of USA Hockey, issued a statement thanking Bowman for all of his efforts, adding, quote, he's been a major contributor to American hockey for a long time, end quote. Team USA is expected to name a replacement for Bowman in the near future. That brings us to our athlete spotlight. This week, we speak with a two-time Olympian turned Olympic hockey coach. Ryan Miller retired after a decades-long career in the NHL and is now offering up his services to Team USA as an assistant coach. Miller won silver in 2010 in his historic run as goalie for the Americans and was on the 2014 team in Sochi, the last time NHLers have been allowed at the games. Until now, NHL players will be back on the ice in Beijing. We had this conversation with Ryan Miller prior to Stan Bowman stepping down as GM. All right, so let me start here because I think it was Brett Favre who said that the hardest part of retirement for him wasn't the decision. It wasn't saying goodbye to teammates and coaches and stuff like that. It was when training picked back up again next season and all of a sudden schedule changed. Have you felt that at all watching some of these games? Like I should be out there. I should be training. Um, Actually, no, I haven't had that feeling yet. I've I've, I've missed like, Oh, I would love to have been on the ice or, you know, I've caught some games or I felt like, Oh, you know, it would have been nice to play. But then I kind of have that feeling of 
well, then they would have told me where I had to be. And I'm kind of tired of, of that side of it. Like, to be, like, to be honest, that's how I'm feeling. I still feel like I just can't bring myself to get there. Like just so many years of, uh, you know, showing up. It's just like, I, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm done showing up for things for a little while. And I need to, you know, obviously show up for your family. And I'm, you know, trying to show up for friends more now that the world's a little more open uh, you know, with the COVID situation, but, um, you know, I, I'll show up for youth hockey. I'm, I'm, I'm the general manager of a Mike D team. So, uh, I got my son's team, uh, to look after a little bit, but other than that, uh, I'm fine to watch and it's kind of a nice place to be right now. You, you seem like you're in a good place and you, you feel comfortable with the decision that you made then. Yeah, no, I, I kind of had it in my mind for a while and I knew that leading into that season, I could make it uh, a way to say goodbye. And and then ultimately at the end, I got a chance to say goodbye in those last two weeks uh, where I got to say, Hey, I'm, I'm stepping aside and it was a chance to kind of reflect and acknowledge it. And I think it left me a little bit ahead of pace in a way. Like um, I didn't have to revisit that in the summer or, tell people about it over the summer is already said mm-hmm. and things are already moving forward. And, and now we're in a new hockey season and I'm on to, uh, I'm on to the next. Yeah. Let, let's talk about that. How, how did that connection get made? Obviously there is a history with you and team USA, but how did you reach out to them? Is this something that you wanted to be a part of? Did they reach out to you and say, Hey, we'd really like you to, to take part in this. How did that connection happen? I had been in touch earlier with John Van Beesbrook. Um, working and he's working with USA hockey for, you know, it's been a little while now, but, um, you know, and knowing that he was in a position where he could give me some advice, a former goalie. somebody went through a lot of different, uh, areas of the, of the sport. You know, he's a player. He was, uh, you know, working in different uh, parts, you know, uh, managing teams, working with USA hockey. Uh, I had emailed him and then we scheduled some calls and over the course of some of those conversations, I was like, you know, I just really want to be around and soak some stuff in and learn and, and you know, kind of give back where I can. And um, so in that vein, he was like, he was like well, well, let's brainstorm what we can do. And I, and part of that was, uh, you know, leading into the summer was while we had the world juniors and we have under 18s and we have the Olympics coming up. And I was like, well, I'm, my summer, I had something going on where I couldn't make the world junior. So I was like, you know, I really love to just be around the conversations for the Olympics. If there's any way I can contribute or just be around, that'd be great. And he emailed me back and goes, Hey, uh, you're the goalie coach. So, <laughs> so it was kind of funny way, but it's like, okay, I have experience where I can contribute. And uh, in a short tournament like that, it's not really going to be about my coaching. It's going to be, you know, kind of be an advocate for the players. And certainly I know how to do that you know by being a player and, and sticking up for myself and knowing what i need in a moment so i think i'm going to be able to slide into a tournament style uh, goalie coach without an issue um and there's some things i can learn along the way like i expect i can i can do some scouting um you know being in southern california there's a couple teams close by that i can catch games and um and besides that you know i have a a six-year-old son who's really into hockey. It's just gonna be fun to sit down uh, and have a you know a couple different reasons to watch a hockey game. Like I'm probably gonna be watching it anyways. And uh, now we have you know some scouting to do. Um, try and watch the American goalies. Try and watch 
some of the potential matchups and uh, make sure I'm, I'm informed heading into the, the tournament. So do you see this as maybe a, a, a jumping off point to, to begin the process of getting into coaching at, at, at the elite level, or is this kind of a deceleration of your, of your hockey career? No, I, I don't see it as a deceleration. I think it's a, a shift. Uh, and I'm not sure about coaching yet, which is like why this is great. It's a, it's a very temporary position. It's voluntary and it's something that I have experience in. So I feel like I, you know, I have earned this opportunity in a way because I know what it takes to be there. And just the nature of, like I said, being in a tournament and you're not going to be doing any long-term coaching and since i'm trying to craft something with a goaltender i'm trying to advocate and, and be a support system i think i'm already you know well qualified for that and it gives me a, a glimpse into what coaching can be but also gives me a glimpse into what managing a team can be you now i'm speaking with john who's very active on the management side speaking with uh you know bill garen uh, about some stuff or stan bowman who are the general managers and we'll be actually selecting the players and uh, taking a look at all the talents that's available to USA hockey and evaluating how that becomes the best team. That's something I'm also very interested in for my future participation in hockey. I think it's a way that I can be competitive still. It, it would be like player evaluation and, and helping to build teams. Uh, that would be something that really interests me, but it's something that you have to get experience with and, yeah, that's a great opportunity as well as part of this coaching gig. I, I assume that you think fondly of your your two Olympic uh, tournaments. Um, obviously, you wouldn't be doing this if not. I mean, those experiences, I, I assume they're valuable for you in, in life as well as, as they were with the NHL. Yeah, no, it's a huge honor to represent the country first off. You know, anyone who uh, grew up in my generation, especially with hockey, I mean, there was a transition from uh, you know, the amateur athlete to the NHL athlete, the pro athlete being the, the, the focus. But I remember when it was more the amateur, the college player. And it was just that age group was just that much closer to like, you know, you being, you know, 12 to 14 years old and you're watching, uh, you know, Olympic hockey, you know, and you've seen these guys, they're not that much older than you. They're doing, you know, something that's pretty cool and it's on TV everywhere. And so it's like, oh, wow. It's amazing. So, I mean, that's kind of, you know, as a young hockey player, that was something that stuck out. So to get a chance to be able to participate, uh, make it to a level where I could play in the Olympics and, 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 you know, do that twice, you know, it's something I'm really proud of. And, you know, I want to continue to be competitive with hockey and it's just, you know, my time as a player has now passed and I'm grateful that I got to play a long time and do a lot of cool stuff. Um, but that time has passed. It's a new generation. And I, I think I have a lot to offer that generation. And right now, I, you know, this is a, a good way to get into that. And um, I do kind of see myself as a lifetime hockey person. Like, this, I'm going to always be, you know, at the rink some capacity. And I like to do it in a way where it's highly competitive because that's how I'm wired. And I don't think I can turn it off anytime soon. Uh, so until I can... You know, hopefully, you know, you know, my son has a knack for the game and he likes it. Um, hopefully there's a number of years where we can share that together and we see where he goes with it. But I mean, he is only six, so mm -hmm. a, little, a little hard to tell just yet. 
but uh, I hope he has a number of years ahead of him where we can share that. But I also want to stay competitive in my own way. So this is a way to do that. Is are are the Olympics better with NHL athletes in them? I mean, I, I think the obvious answer is duh, but obviously we you know there are conversations around that. I mean, we saw in 2014 versus 2018 you know it's it could be an mm-hmm. opportunity for some guys to get seen who haven't been seen before but on the other hand too you know olympics you expect the elite of the elite yeah i think every tournament's a big opportunity i i, I always liken it to like when you're a kid you're not just playing one season and the, the goal is like the equivalent of a stanley cup as a kid you're playing challenge cups you're playing tournaments uh you're playing in little um you know Weekend tournaments, you're playing week-long tournaments. Hockey, to me, has always been a challenge cup or challenge sport where you're uh, you're always trying to have these little moments to seek out who is the best. And, I, you know, I love the NHL format. Stanley Cup is a great trophy to chase. Uh, but I also think you have to appreciate the sport in other ways, which is why I love the Olympics as well. You know, it's a, a two-week, you know, two-and-a-half-week sprint for, you know – for the ultimate goal. And I think it's great that we're putting the best available, uh, are available to play. Uh, I think it's the right decision. The NHL goes, I think it's good for the sport. And that's ultimately, you know, the NHL has always made the point that it probably isn't the best for business on the short term, but I would argue that just for the good of the game and, and the culture of the game, I love that we maintain the challenge uh, cup aspect of it. You know, in Europe, you have so many challenge cups to be played over the course of a pro season. I would love to see more over here. Uh, it just, it just really celebrates the game in the, in, in the right way. You know, the way I was kind of brought up with it. Is it, is it hard? I mean, having been a player in this to pull these, pull these athletes together who have been playing on different teams, throw them onto a ring, throw them onto a roster and say, okay, go. I mean, how much time do you need to have to mesh and gel? And as Stan Bowman, as the GMs are getting together and thinking about this, is it about, okay, let's get the best players, the best athletes possible, or does does there need to be some kind of chemistry involved? Yeah, I mean, from our early conversations, that is kind of the internal debate. I mean, you're going to want to have the best players available, but it's going to be a different kind of year. We didn't have a chance to have – uh, in-person meetings where in my experience at the Olympics, we were meeting up in the summer. We were spending a little bit of time at least together. We had time on the ice. Uh, and it wasn't really so much the systems as it was, you just get to see the guys, you know, you get to interact with the guys and you get to start to build you know, a bond that might not have been there. Like a lot of the USA guys, fortunately now there's been so many chances for these guys to interact between under 18 world juniors, different select camps, I mean, these guys are fairly familiar with each other. I think in my generation, there was a little bit more separation. We had the select camps uh, and, you know, we had world juniors, but I, I don't think the other tournaments were as prevalent. Uh, but these guys now who are Americans, and I think they've crossed paths a lot. It's going to be a different kind of relationship, but it's going to be a different kind of Olympics as well. And I hope that that benefits us because USA Hockey has done a good job of, you know, building uh, a program where the kids are really uh, – you know, organized from an early age and playing internationally at a high level very early. So uh, maybe that's where it starts to turn the corner for us because, you know, during COVID, you don't have that extra time together. You don't have the meetings. You know, the players going to do in person. We as coaches got to meet up at the end of August, but then, you know, 
majority, like the coaches are all in season now and focusing on their teams. It kind of leaves uh, me and David Quinn to just, you know, do some other work, but um, uh, you know, that's going to be the challenge as well. Getting the guys together, focus on a different system and then bring them into a system where we can play. Yeah. I think we're going to get like two or three practices. Are, are you already, play. are you already talking with some potential, potentially rostered players? Are you saying, Hey, I mean, the, the, the full roster hasn't been, hasn't yeah. been named yet, but I mean, are you part of this process of trying to rope people in? Well, I, I don't know. The full roster is not there yet. I know they had to, I think on paper, they have to shorten it for, uh, they have so many things to do nowadays. Like we like stuff that we didn't even do, but it's like you have background checks, COVID testing, drug testing, like all these things are going to be implemented in a different way uh, this year. So they have to get way ahead of it. But, um, you know, I, I mean, I reached out to our, our short list of American goalies, uh, you know, I about nine guys, just let them know I'm, I'm what I'm doing for the team. I'm an advocate for them. They have any questions, you know, or they need somebody to talk to even during the year. You know, I'm, I'm a neutral party now. You know, I have no affiliation. You know, you need something, you feel comfortable, you can come to me and talk. And, uh, I mean, that's kind of where I want to, you know, give back a little bit to you. So hockey is like, I, you know, I have experience. I have a number of years playing and I've gone through a lot of the, the, uh, the challenges of being a goaltender and, Hopefully, you know, that's something that I can, you know, start to impart on their, on their elite level teams. And that can be a way I can get back. How is Olympic play different than what these guys might be seeing in the NHL or wherever else they may be playing? Well, I mean, you got to go back to your roots. It's going to be a short tournament. It's, it's going to be that kind of sprint style where you got to win. <laughs> you got to start out hot. I mean, you can get away with a little bit, obviously, in the early rounds and, and still survive if you can win the right game but you really want to have a good tournament from start to finish. And it's just who's going to get hot and click play. You know, we want our confidence to be super high and we want the goals to be clearly uh, defined. And, you know, as your, your podcast kind of lays out, you know, quest for gold doesn't just start when you show up for the tournament. Like we need to be organized. We have to have a mindset. And when we arrive, the guy's, can't be like, Oh, it's a light switch. I mean, they have to know what's coming. They have to understand the tournament format. They have to look, they have to look ahead and understand what's coming, but then they have to go piece by piece and just, uh, you know, focus on the task. So our job is to kind of get things out of the way for them, clear, clear the hurdles or make the hurdles lower so that they're not worrying about stuff and then, you know, go to work. Is it gold or bust? I mean, is that the intention? I mean, you, I don't know why else, I don't know why else we play. (laughs) I think you can feel good about your performance. Like we, we came up short in Vancouver and it's something that's still I'm proud of, but it still kind of haunts me to this day. It's like, you know, we played a great tournament. We had a great group of guys. And still, when you see those guys around, there's a good feeling, but we didn't quite get it done. It's just like this feeling of like, man, we were, you know, we're one shot away and we earned that. We had to, we had to really earn it. We weren't a favorite team and we built ourselves and we into that. And then I think it, it carried over into Sochi. We had a good tournament, we, but we finished fourth, you know? So there's a feeling of, I mean, that's a, that's a pretty good tournament in, in a way. Like it's the best competition in the world. They're one-off games, you know, anything can happen. And the guys performed 
you know, you know, really well. It was a one nothing game against, against Canada to make it to the gold medal game and came up short. So it's still that feeling of great tournament. You know, you have great memories from all those Olympics. We take away the camaraderie and we play, there's good hockey that was played and we're proud to wear the sweater, but it, it is always it is always gold or bust. I, I, I like the concept too, that uh, probably a lot of people weren't fans of you going into that tournament, but you're wearing the American flag. And all of a sudden you probably had a lot more fans uh, from around the country than you ever had before. People who may have been shouting other things at you during the, during the regular season. Oh yeah. I, I, I mean, we hear it, but we don't hear it. You know, I, you have thick skin in a way, like it's kind of funny if they're not yelling at you, maybe you're doing something wrong. <laughs> so if you're they're yelling at you, you're doing something right. And it was just kind of fun to kind of see that, you know, we could come together as a group and have an impact on people. You know, it wasn't just, you know, and it wasn't just uh, a small thing. You know, people were really affected by, you know, the way things played out. Like they were, they were into the tournament. They, they liked our team. They liked our effort. And, you know, I was proud of the guys for being able to do that. It's not easy to come together. And certainly I think with that Olympics, you know, hockey is always a focus, you know, you're going from when you really sit back and think about how many millions of people start tuning in and paying attention and, and want to know more about, you know, the, the guys on the team. It's pretty wild. You know, you're doing interviews with like Ryan Seacrest and you're in people magazine. It's like a different level of attention. So I, you know, I'm proud of the way, we all kind of handled it. And, you know, it is, like I said, bittersweet. It was, it's an amazing experience. And it, but it is gold or bust. You have to be willing to put yourself out there and, and you have to accept the win or the loss. So what, what is the timeline right now um, as far as heading into February? Uh, assemble the team, obviously. You said maybe a couple practices. I mean, is, is there a general feel for when all of this is going to be coming together? Yeah, I don't know when exactly they want to feel like they have the whole roster, but I think they have to announce it, obviously, at a certain time. Uh, uh, but I don't know if you know they have their minds made up around certain players, but I think even just with the nature of how, what we're dealing with in the world with COVID and the uncertainty of the lineup, um, you could get a week or so away from the, the tournament. Like People who test positive with us, a certain amount of days, you know, you can't even travel You're disqualified from entering the bubble. So, I mean, there are still a little bit of a, you know, curveball kind of things that can happen. And we're hoping that everyone can uh, stay healthy and participate obviously. But I think there's going to be a lot of guys who just need to mentally kind of stay ready. And uh, I hope we don't have to dip into reserves, but uh, it, it might be one of those, situations where we have to uh you know just kind of make the guys ready because even in a normal olympics you, know, you you pick your team and then you have like a a set of reserves like in 2006 i was you know close to making the team i was coming off a thumb injury i feel like that affected my chance to make the lineup coming off a broken thumb and i was early in my career and but i was having a ended up having a great season with the sabers but in that moment, you know, I was the fourth guy for the uh, the Olympic team. And, you know, I had to bring my equipment home to Michigan. You know, it's a two and a half week break. I, I mean, I was going to skate anyways, but with a little bit of special attention in your mind, like, hey, if anybody gets hurt, I'm probably going to have to fly to Italy. Like, so 
it's definitely a it's definitely a possibility, especially this year where it is just comes down to a nose swab and it's not really about injuries. It's about, you know, something is, you know, you can sort of control what's happening by staying in isolation more, but, you know, guys in the NHL are going to be traveling, playing, interacting. So. I mean, are you feeling safe as far as going to China? I mean, do you feel like the USOPC is going to do everything to keep you safe? It's going to be a different Olympics, obviously, than you're used to. Yeah, no, I'm not much conspiracy theorist, so I feel all right. <laughs> I, okay. you know, I'm uh, no offense to all our conspiracy theorists out there, but uh, no, I feel uh, I feel all right. Um, uh, I was I was vaccinated when I got the opportunity. Um, uh, trying to read the situation as far as uh, you know how things are going over, I feel like there's going to be consistent testing and that worked for us during the hockey season before there was even a vaccine we were testing every single day with the anaheim ducks uh you know maybe just being in california and being able to be have the access to the outdoors a little bit more when we're in group spacing you know we we went through the season we didn't have any any incidents um and so i feel like i'm right now i'm in that kind of environment and i'm not going to really be with the team so i know that you know hopefully you know as i'm testing and preparing to go you know i should be i feel like it should be fine no Olymp- i think that no olympic th- village though no no none of the kind of things no, that, I, that you got to do in in uh vancouver and and uh yeah it's gonna, well that one yeah, it's gonna be different that you know we're going all the way to china and, and we're probably just gonna be in in a bubble in a hotel in a rink it's like flying across the world to to be isolated again but uh uh, I mean, it's a great opportunity. I mean, I would I would love to think we can see some of the culture of China, but you know, I'm, I'm mentally preparing myself for a lot of downtime. So we have to bring the cards. <laughs> We're going to have to bring some movies. And uh, are you going to are you going to bring your gear just in case, Coach? I'm ready. <laughs> uh, I'll bring skates. <laughs> but I, I think I'm going to be so. I'm, I'm already feeling like I'm so far out of shape compared to these guys. You know, you, if you take a, if you take a month off, you're behind. I'm taking. Where, where was my last game? Beginning of May. Yeah, I mean, we're talking six months now. So, so I'm just saying, it would be a great story. I already hear Bob Cost is telling the story about how you came as a coach, <laughs> and all of a sudden you're two goalies down. They need someone. Here you go, competing for another medal. If, it was, if there was a time it was going to happen, man, I, I don't wish it on any of our players. I'll play defense if I need if they need me though too. Hey, I'll, whatever they need, I'll be available. But uh, yeah, I'm just hoping the boys are, are healthy and safe. I want to see them really get themselves together as a group and, and, and go out there and shine. I think American hockey's come a long way, and we've been you know been building a, a great culture for a long time. I want to see those guys do their thing. I had I had my chance. Uh, I had fun with it, and I'm ready to see see the guys do their, do their thing. And we couldn't wrap up Quest for Gold this week without mentioning the retirement of U.S. Women's National Soccer Team legend Carly Lloyd. She took off her cleats on the field and fought off tears as she hugged teammates and got a standing ovation in her final professional match for USA Women's Soccer against South Korea. She took off her jersey as well, revealing a second number 10 jersey with the name Holland on the back. That's her husband's name. The 39-year-old wrapped up a national team career that included two FIFA 
FIFA Player of the Year awards, two Olympic gold medals, a bronze medal, and two World Cup championships. Here's what she told the crowd following the match. Thank you to everybody who has played a role in my journey. I can't thank you enough. And that is it. I am signing off. You will not see me on the field, but you best believe that I will be around helping this game grow. That audio and mic drop courtesy of Fox Sports 1. She is the fourth all-time leader in goals for the women's national team, fifth in assists. By the way, the women won that friendly match 6-0. Next week, we talk with a bobsledder hoping to capture her first bid to the Olympics. That's coming up next week right here on Quest for Gold. I'm Ryan Burrow. We'll see you then.